Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and I'm so excited to be sitting here today with Sally Clarkson. <laughs> Hello. And of course, many of you know, I've been listening for a while, that Storyformed is a ministry initiative of Whole Heart Ministries, of which Sally and her husband, Clay, run. And I am just so fortunate and so blessed to be able to work with Sally, and we've been friends, and she's been a mentor for almost 12 about 12 years now we, we've been we're sitting here today in her library which oh my goodness there's so much we could talk about so many books we could spend all day talking about all the collect all the collections that Sally has you're making me look at books I haven't looked at in a while and now I want to go back and read them <laughs> so. so Sally and I are just chatting this morning and I said let's you want to do a podcast with me and talk about something? So we thought we would talk about poetry today, which is something I've been wanting to talk about on the Storyform podcast for a long time. So I asked Sally if she would um, come and just share some of the her favorite books that she shared with her kids growing up and um, and to share about how they memorized them and how they formed and shaped her kids. So Sally, what do you what do you want to share with us first? Oh, well, first of all, I want to tell you why. Yes, um, please tell us why. I, I read many years ago um, that a part of developing a vocabulary is memorizing words, memorizing poems, memorizing right. scripture, memorizing things, because your brain has this ability to make pathways. And when you have uh, words uh, and you add words by conversation or by reading aloud to kids, uh, it makes pathways so that um, this word connects with this other story that the word was in. And so it, it makes your brain grow. Mm-hmm. But when you memorize whole sentences, it's exponentially uh, strengthening to your brain power. And, um, you know, right. I read a couple mm-hmm. of, um, of, of, of books on that or articles on that. And so, uh, again, I was doing this all from scratch, not having any models before me. But I made my children memorize a lot of poems. And uh, along the way, uh, I happened to discover some amazing books. And you'll take some pictures of it today in case people can find them online. But I found books that had creative art pieces, um, like classical art and sometimes uh, just famous artists. And it would always have a classical poem with it. And so I would put these books on easels around my house, and sometimes I would take it to the dinner table, life-giving table. Um, you can read about that. But, um, and I would just read a short poem, and I would show them a picture. And I would say, what do you imagine is happening in this picture? Why did they put this poem with the picture? What does the poet mean by what they said? Why don't you write a poem? You know, it was just a way for me to engage them in learning how to write, learning how to imagine. And Holly, you know, you can see the pictures, um, so you can see that they're gorgeous, gorgeous pictures. Yes, I love, I love these that you pair with beautiful art and beautiful words. Together. Well, right now, Holly and I are looking at a picture of this uh, child that has this huge hat on and this overflowing coat. It's obviously. Um, it, it, the, is this Mary Cassatt? Yes, Mary, Mary Cassatt, Cassatt, and it's Ellen Mary in a white coat. And it was in 1896. And so I remember showing this to my kids, and I said, I said, can you imagine a child ever having to wear that many clothes? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's this little 
little baby with this huge coat yeah, this huge draped coat. over her. And this hat that looks as big as a pumpkin. And um, so then we read the poem and it said, where did you come from, baby dear? Where did you come from, baby dear? Out of the everywhere into here. Where did you get your eyes so blue? Out of the sky as I came through. And so we would, they would take turns reading the poems and uh, they would take turns looking at the pictures and writing about the pictures and drawing pictures. And so I was showing Holly these beautiful books that I found. The one I was just showing her today is who has seen the wind? Neither I nor you. Mm-hmm. But when the wind came passing. And so, yes, um, that poem. yeah, and I'm going to read another little poem in just a little bit that's um, neither I nor you. But when the leaves hang trembling, the wind came passing through. <laughs> and I would use voices. And that's a poem by Christina Rossetti. But I think that uh, as I look at my children now, I think that it was the not just reading stories, not just reading classical books, uh, not just hearing things on tape, but poetry is one of the most, uh, it's the most sophisticated uh, use of language Mm -hmm. that we have. Mm -hmm. And so when you engage in poetry, it actually causes you to have to uh, develop uh, an understanding, a perception, an intuition about words that is much higher than just normal words. Mm -hmm. And that's why when we read Psalms about God and his character, and when we memorize them, I always make my children memorize Psalm 1 and Psalm 27 and Mm -hmm. Psalm 23, and there were different things that we memorized. But the the sophistication of multiple words put together in one sentence really uh, causes uh, a lot of intelligence to happen. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I look at my children now, and they, they think in paragraphs. They don't think in one-word sentences, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, I think a lot of it came because we loved and danced to music and classical music and this kind of thing, and then we would say the poems, and we would draw them, and we would say them together in rhythm, and Mm -hmm. so poetry, it doesn't have to be uh, something that's boring. Mm -hmm. Poetry was the most profound expression of emotion and art and um, philosophy and theology that we have. And I don't, I bet some of our listeners are thinking, well, you know, some of your kids may love poetry naturally. I have some of my kids, you know, they're just drawn to it and they want to listen to it and they talk about how much they love it. And then I have others who, you know, maybe aren't just so naturally inclined to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you might get some of your kids that, you know, that don't want to do it as much or don't want to memorize as much. And so as I think as parents, you know, we continue to try to give them a vision, a vision for it. And we, we keep doing it, even if it's hard for them to sit and, and they don't always want to do it. But I, I think for me, I'm trusting, even with my kids who may not be as inclined to it, mm-hmm. that, um, that like Sally's saying that these, these words, these beautiful ways of saying things are see- it's seeping into their hearts. It's forming them. It's shaping them in some way, even if they don't understand it now, mm-hmm. that we're trusting the Lord by faith that, that these, these beautiful words and beautiful ideas and visuals are, are planting beautiful things in their heart as we well, do this. And I, I think so many times when people think of poetry, I wish you could see these books. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll, has, I'll put them all in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's books that have these gorgeous paintings of boys in boats yeah. and cows and cats and dogs and mm-hmm. um, and children playing. And, and mm-hmm. they're, when I would expose these to the kids and talk to them about it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of them would engage and, yeah. and memorize things and, and talk about it. And it's a much more creative engagement in some in words. The tiger, um, tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. And I would say, can one of you all growl for me? Mm-hmm. A roar for me? 
and um, so it they loved it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have four different very different kids, and um, so I think that, again, what I want to always say to everyone is. Don't picture being a boring teacher and saying to your children, well, you have to do this today. Right. But I think that uh, you just direct them and you make it fun and say, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to love this. Isn't that mm-hmm. the silliest picture you've ever seen? Or um, you need to make it interesting because you are interesting. Mm-hmm. And so anyway. One of the things we've done to try to make it interesting and fun for them, too, is um Twice a year we do a recitation night with friends oh, and we'll get fun. together with families. And so everybody will come with their poems or their scripture that they've memorized. And um, But in the practicing phase of this, um, I've had our kids, they'll record um, like just, you know, take a garage band or just anything you could record with oh, and they'll record. Um, so they think it's fun to be able to record their voice and then they'll yes. listen to it to kind of practice with it. Yeah. And sometimes we've set just instrumental music behind. If you've got any older kids that kind of like to tinker, you know, mess with that kind of a thing. But it, that's been just a fun way to, to make it like a fun project that they, that they get to do and listen well, to. That is a great so. idea. And I, I think that sometimes they don't even know they're learning. Right. They yeah, don't even know right. that yeah. they're, um, I had told you a, a story today about Malcolm yes. Guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm Guide is a friend of ours who is a professor at Cambridge and he's kind of one of the foremost contemporary beloved uh, poets, I think. Uh, there aren't a lot of poets around, but people love him. And we met him just from our uh, traveling to the UK and through C.S. Lewis conferences. And he's got such a lovely voice. I mean, I don't know. I can't even, I can't even duplicate <laughs> yes. it. But uh, we'll probably do um, a podcast on the membership while mm-hmm. we're over there with Malcolm. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, but I, I had him. He has this. He has kind of longish hair, and he looks a little bit like a hobbit. And he rides a, <laughs> a motorcycle, and um, you know, he's just so much fun. And um, he was sitting on my porch one day because if you if you hear his poetry or if you hear him read it, you're kind of amazed at how beautiful it is and how many places it touches in your heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he was sitting on my porch one day uh, when he came to stay with us for he was speaking at this event near us. And I said, Malcolm, how do you do it? How do you write such beautiful word pictures and touch the heart of Christ and cause us to imagine things that I I would love to picture but never knew how? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, he grew up in Africa. And um, I think his parents were missionaries and his grandmother lived with him. And he said that, that uh, okay, in absence of any kind of television or mm-hmm. anything, computer, anything at all, and his his grandmother would sit with him every day, sometimes every night, you know, different times, and she would recite literally hundreds, if not thousands, of verses of poems that she had memorized. Um, amazing! I know Longfellow, oh, Wordsworth. Yeah. I mean, the poems that he can that he started telling me on the porch that he started just um, reciting were. In stories that were engaging and about the ocean and the sea and the the ship that was out there. And I said, so because you stored up in your soul, you heard over and over again, you breathed in poetry and she made you memorize it and she made it interesting for you. I said, that's where all of your teaching comes from. That's where all of your writing down now comes from. He said, he said, yes, I have a, a storehouse, a resource of such excellence in such words. So it was really motivating to me though all my kids had already grown up and gone by then, <laughs> to remember how important uh, poetry is. And it's even better when you have 
a beautiful picture to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I think this is definitely an area of passion mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, it makes me think it. of this. I was reading an article a while back. I'm, I can't remember um, where it was from, but it was about um, a subway in New York City that had gotten stalled for a long time. And so, you know, people are starting to get frustrated and feeling like, I need to get going. And um, I'm scared. Like, are we going to yeah, be stuck that's here? That's <laughs> right. How long are we going to be stuck here? Look, staring at all the people around us. And so one of the men on the subway just, he had this just, you know, bout of inspiration to start reciting Shakespeare. Um, on the subway, oh, really? yeah, and he and he said I hadn't. I, he he was writing. He had a portion that he was uh-huh. writing the article and said, you know, I hadn't really hadn't read Shakespeare in years. I hadn't really been thinking much about it, but that that um, was stored, you know, in his huh. heart. And so he just like had the moment of like I want to do something inspirational. Wow. So he just it kind of came back up in him from memorizing it as a child. And so just oh kind goodness. of talked about you could see sort of the eyes light up of the people there and just hearing the beautiful words. And well, words so. have a magic yeah. to them, and uh, that's why we have to focus on words. Well, I think I want to say, too, I didn't know anything about poetry very much. I was mm-hmm. a literature major in college, mm-hmm. yeah, and mm-hmm. I still didn't know much about poetry. Right. Yeah. Uh, everything I've learned, I've learned because I wanted my kids mm-hmm. to have what I didn't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, Me too. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. so, if you feel like you didn't know anything before, mm-hmm. your kids will never suspect. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think I think sometimes, like for me. The, the, not having it has created a passion, mean, and desire to learn it, and it's driving me to provide it for them, too. I mean, that passion can come from different places, but, yeah. you know, I'm... So I think our kids will see that passion in us if we are like, look at this, look at this poem, look at mm-hmm. this, you know, beautiful thing that you want to invite them into. Yeah, wow. I don't think I even knew how um, reciting great poems mm-hmm. uh were fun or interesting right. or that would be captivating to whole audiences. Yes. I know this isn't a poem exactly, but uh, my kids were staying in this place where they were working in, in Cambridge, and um, they were staying in the house of some friends or people that became their friends. And every afternoon, this was just for adults, they would have tea and cake and read uh, dramatically from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, and um, <laughs> I mean, they said it was so much fun, and, and they giggled and they laughed. And I mean, these are adults who... You know, they were uh, engineers and astronauts and doctors, and but they all gathered in this particular community place where they kind of had this association together. And so I think that, again, it's us getting excited about it and seeing the potential and imagining what we mm-hmm. can do to make it fun, which is uh-huh. why I love these books, because the uh, illustrations that go with them mm-hmm. are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the name of this one, Sally, the one okay. you were reading out of? Oh, okay. Well, this this book, that I, well, the first book I was reading out of was Who Has Seen the Wind? It's an illustrated collection of poetry for young people. I don't even, it's from uh, Museum of the Fine Arts in Boston. It's uh, all the pictures okay. are from Boston. Yeah. In the Museum oh, wow. of Fine Art. And then the other one is called A Child's Treasury of Poems edited by Mark Daniel, and this is the one that has such beautiful pictures in it. So I thought I would read one. Yes, please. Because this is one of the poems that I made my girls memorize. I think even all the kids did. It's called Little Things. Little drops of water, little grains of sand, make the mighty ocean and the beauteous land. And the little moments, humble though they be, make the mighty ages of eternity so our little errors lead the soul away from the paths of virtue into sin to stray. Little deeds of kindness 
Little words of love make our earth an Eden, like the heaven above. And, and so we talked about how important little things are. And I said, name every little thing that you can think of. And they would say things like mosquitoes. And I'd say, well, yeah, yeah I guess they're important too. <laughs> yes. But we would talk about how small choices uh, develop their souls. And, mm-hmm. and um, small acts of kindness give people hope. And, so, and this is such a beautiful picture of a little girl in a broad sea. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it's, I could tell you so much more. I, I would just mention a couple of poems that I think are worthwhile memorizing. Um, we had all of our children at one point or the other memorize the poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling. And it starts out, because it kind of speaks to them later, and but all my kids mm-hmm. have said it speaks to them later. They've even quoted it. Mm-hmm. But it says, If you can keep your head about you, Uh, I'm sorry, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired of waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. And all of them are if, and then it, uh, it's a fun thing to do. We memorize it little by little, little at a time. And then he says, you know, if you can do this, if you can do this, if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, not lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, Yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. And so it's a, but you know, all these things kept, came back to them. Yeah. I can uh, see that. About people who lied about them or not to give in to temptation or not to do this or that. Um, there are a couple of fun poems that I got from my childhood that we just read because they were poems that tell a story. And one is Casey at the Bat. And it's really a fun boy poem, and it talks about Casey, and I'm not going to tell you the end of the story. <laughs> and then another one um, Do you is, remember who that one's by? I don't write okay. off, no. And I'll, I don't remember who this one up. is by either. Okay. <laughs> the other one is um, Annie and Willie's Prayer. Okay. And it's about these two little kids at Christmas. Their mom has died, and their dad is really gruff and mean to them at Christmas time. And um, <laughs> then it tells a story. So that's just some things. I mean, there's so many more things to talk about. And you were also mentioning earlier that you had some that were for young people, specific books that, like poetry for young people. Well, I think you've learned to love these too. I actually Mm -hmm. saw them. The first time I ever saw them was at at Barnes & Noble. And it's called Poetry for Young People. And each of these books uh, is, like this one right here, is a, a book of Robert Frost. And, um, of course, in this one, we, we memorize the poem, Two Roads Diverged yes, in yes. a Yellow Wood. Uh-huh. And um, because I talked to them about how in life, is it, <laughs> about how there's choices. And um, this road leads that way, and this road leads the other way. And um, so this is one of my favorite poems, but also this book has beautiful paintings to mm-hmm. it. And... Um, I don't know. Is it coming up, Holly? I think we missed it. Oh, did I miss we're it? We're flipping through looking for a specific one. But I also, like, I think I saw you flip through. There's a little bit about Robert Frost in the beginning. Yeah, so and, it's, yeah. And so that series, you can, so that's kind of fun, too, to, I, my kids always enjoy really 
learning about the author or the poet yes. and what was their life like and what inspired them, you mm-hmm. know, to write these things. And well, and I, I, I think that some of my children have stolen a few of these books. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where? I had more of these. I know, series. I did. I, ha- I had about six or eight, but they're... There are a series of these. They have one right here in Longfellow and Robert Frost and William Butler Yeats, and it has pictures of them. And like you said, um, you're right about the stories that it has the beginning. So the poet isn't just um, some kind of boring person. It's a real person mm-hmm. with a real story and why they wrote poetry. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Sally, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. It was so fun. I'm, I can't wait to hear feedback from our listeners and... So thanks again. Well, I love being here. I love going back. Now I'm going to have to take these books out of my library <laughs> and start right. reading them That's again. That's right. That's right. I need to have, oh, I have a grandchild coming up, I hope. That's right. <laughs> so I can read these over you again to them. take some with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed.